One's from the trailer park, one's from the farm. Rings on their fingers, no babies on their arms. Taking life with a grain of salt and lie. Living, loving, laughing, we're having a good time. Nothing too deep won't tell you how to vote. Two stand up comics with stories from the road. We're cutting up, really. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name is Dusty Slay, and as always, I am having a good time. You're having a good time. We're having a good time. That's what it's all about. Uh, this is going to be a hot podcast. Hannah is not with us uh, because Hannah has gone to the gym. We have I have family coming into town, and she wants to get a little workout in before my family comes. So. Hannah, she gone, she gone, gone, gone. Hannah, she gone, she gone, gone, gone. My sister and brother-in-law are coming to visit me today. I haven't seen them in a while. Very excited. But I wanted to do a podcast. I've had a couple of days of resting uh, because I um, I was on the road for 10 days. And 10 days is not incredibly long. But, you know, when you know I'm married. And so I spend 10 days on the road. I'm away from my wife. Um, and, you know, I, you know when, you, when you get used to sleeping with someone all the time and then you just sleep alone all the time, it's not that fun. So I can understand how people who have a uh, wife and kids – uh, get really lonely out on the road, but I had a good time. I, I, I really enjoy all the traveling, and I've been to a lot of different places this this past trip, so I'd like to get into uh, the where we've been, where we're going segment. Where we've been, where we're going. Where they going. Where they been. Where they going. Where, where they been. Where we're going, where we've been. All right, I was in... Uh, first, I left Nashville last week. Uh, I'm just going to get an exact date for reference. Today is May 8th, and I left for uh, the Moon Tower Comedy Festival in Austin, Texas on April 25th. So I flew out of here, had a little complication with my flights. I missed a flight. Um, I made it from Nashville to Dallas. I made it on time, but due to some... Uh, American Airlines texted me in the morning and said, oh, you better change your flight because we've delayed one of them and you're going to miss your connecting flight. So I went ahead, took their advice, changed my connecting flight. When I, Once I got to the airport, I was like, oh, no, I'll, I'll be able to make that. So I called them and I got it switched back. And they were like, cool, no problem. We put you back on their airline. And if you miss it, you can catch the next one. I was like, great, this sounds amazing. I left them a great review, a glowing review. I even left a voicemail saying, hey, this person was very helpful to me. And then I landed in Dallas. I ran to my thing, I'm, I'm to my flight, and I made it. And I got there, and the, and the girl at the counter was like, oh, we don't have you on this flight. And so... I ended up, you know, because the next flight that they had going out of there, I would be super late to my show. And I was like, well, I don't want to be late to my show. I'm doing a, a comedy festival. The point is to 
be on all these shows. So I was going to rent a car and drive, but then a, 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 another flight mysteriously appeared, and they were like, we can put you on this one. And I was like, well, perfect. So a little stressful, but in the end, it all worked out. I made it to Austin. I did a show uh, that night at a place called Antone's. Uh, very fun. I got to see a lot of familiar faces at this comedy festival, you know, that I've seen over the years in New York and LA and uh, also at other festivals. Even some people that I got to do um, JFL with this, this past year. So it was very nice uh, to see them. And then I, uh, I got to work with some new people. I got to do the Cap City Comedy Club one night and I featured for Brad Williams. And that was very fun. He was very funny. Uh, all the comics that I worked with were really funny. I really enjoyed the weekend. Uh, I only didn't enjoy one show, my late show on Saturday. I didn't enjoy it because it was late. And I'm not like, I can do a late show as long as I've done an early show. Like on a weekend, doing a comedy club, I may do a 10 o'clock show where I don't hit the stage till 10 30, 10 45. But I've already done an earlier show, so it's given me a little boost. Something about comedy gives you a nice adrenaline boost. So you're able to handle the next show because of the adrenaline that you've been given. And even if that first show doesn't go well, you almost have an adrenaline for... You're like, oh, that show didn't go as well as I wanted it to go. I need to do another show to get get fired back up, get my endorphins pumping, get to feeling good again. So I got to do that next show. So that's how it feels sometimes. So I did Moon Tower. I ended up doing several shows. I got to work with a lot of funny comics. I've already said that, but I didn't get to eat a lot because I'm on a pretty strict diet, not because I'm trying to lose weight, but because I'm trying to uh, make my body feel good. All the traveling that I do, all the garbage I've eaten my entire life, and the stuff that I eat on the road. I'm just really trying to detox my body and really feel better. So I've really limited myself on what I'm eating. A lot of vegetables and stuff. And vegetables are great. They're delicious. But when someone says, ooh, go to this city, they have great food. It's never because of their vegetables. They're never like, you know who roast a good asparagus? Austin, Texas. So it and, and you know so I've done a lot of juices, a lot of smoothies, but it doesn't matter what city you're in, they're all the same. If you go to Smoothie King, it's all powders. If you go to other places, it's all you know real stuff. And uh, I think they're delicious, but they're way overpriced. I mean, you know, ten bucks for a juice, and a, and a, when I do a smoothie at home, I'll do a half bag of spinach in that one smoothie, and then you get a little handful at these other places. So. You're paying a lot and you're not really getting it. And then they try to get so fancy with it. I'm like, I just want you to let me make my own smoothie. Just let me pay and pile a bunch of stuff in there. But it's fine. I had a good time in Austin. The last time I was there, I was with Burt Kreischer, and I was still eating however I wanted to eat. So we went to the place called the Salt Lick, and I had a lot of uh, I had beef ribs and bison ribs and you know beef brisket so i really got into it before so i've experienced the best of austin in my opinion at food wise so i don't feel like i really missed out on a lot I had a good time had some cigars uh with some friends and uh you know and then uh and then from austin i left and i went to la i flew to la uh on a sunday night 
And I stayed with my old roommate and friend, Danny Green, who we used to live together in Charleston, and he now lives out in L.A., and I stayed with him and got together with other old Charleston buddies, my friend Evan Burke, uh, my friend Taylor Rizzo. Uh, Evan Burke, my friend, he uh, we were buddies in Charleston. We, we did some of our very first road gigs together, and he now works for TMZ. And so it's fun to get together and hang out. And uh, we went out and had Evan took me to to a dinner i told him about my diet so we went to like a i don't know what kind of place we went to a very healthy place and we had what was called a beyond burger which is some kind of vegetable burger that is uh, made to taste like a hamburger and it was pretty accurate but the thing that bothered me about it is it's like i don't think vegetables are supposed to taste taste like meat so it weirded me out the whole time and i wasn't very comfortable with it but all in all it was pretty good and then so I spent a little time in L.A. just kind of walking around. I stayed for two nights with my roommate, Danny. And then uh, I was there to do a Comedy Central thing. So Comedy Central had put me up in a hotel for two nights. So I got to stay at the Roosevelt Hotel, which is very nice. I had stayed there before when I did Jimmy Kimmel, and I was back. It's very nice there. I really enjoy it. Um, oh, while I was in Austin, I got mistaken for a homeless person. I was uh, sitting out on a park. This is the second time it's happened. Uh, but I was sitting out on a park bench and not a park bench, just like a city bench. But to be fair, a lot of homeless people in Austin do sit on those benches. But I like to sit on a bench, especially on a hot day. Just sit out there, look at people walking up and down the streets. I enjoy it. But I was sitting there and I guess I was looking down. I don't I wasn't sad. Maybe I looked sad. But uh, I heard someone say something to me and I looked up and there's this little girl standing there and she's holding a bag and she says, do you want a sandwich? And I looked behind her and there was more people with her. They had a little wagon. They were clearly going around feeding the homeless people. And this little girl thought that I needed a sandwich. And uh, I declined. But I didn't want to make them feel bad, so I, I didn't harass them. I didn't tell them that I wasn't homeless. I just, you know, I just let them move on about their day. I thought, what a nice thing. It actually made me feel good to know that there's people out there that are trying to help, trying to feed homeless people, um, and probably, you know, probably a good Christian group out there feeding the homeless people. So I was very happy to see it, and it made me excited. So, and then, so I left and I went to L.A. Like I say, I stayed with my roommate. And then I was at the Roosevelt Hotel. Uh, the thing about being in L.A. is there's so many homeless people. They do not care about homeless people, I don't think. And I'm not saying no one does, but there's so many. So no one was trying to give me any money or any sandwiches there. So I got to walk around and be homeless on my own. I did have frozen yogurt a couple of times in L.A. And I had uh, a couple of cigars. I found a good cigar place. and And then... I, I filmed a Comedy Central thing in Silver Lake. Now, this Comedy Central thing, it's for the Internet. So it's going to be on Instagram or YouTube. I filmed eight minutes. I, my understanding was that it's a five-minute thing, but you film eight minutes, and then they edit to five. But I don't exactly know what's going to happen. I felt like my set was good. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed being there. Silver Lake is a very hip part of L.A. I remember going there back in 2000. Probably 2011, I was still drinking, and I went to there, and I got a really nice drink, and it was my first time seeing a mixologist, and this guy was really into it, and I was very impressed. He was wearing a suit. I was used to bartenders with a backwards cap or a, or chicks with their, you know, their boobs hanging out, 
And this guy was in a suit, and he was mixing up really nice drinks. And I was very impressed by it. And Silver Lake really impressed me. And it was probably an intro to hipster things to me back then. I don't even know if I knew the word hipster back in 2011. But um, I enjoyed it a lot. And so I was in Silver Lake, and now I'm doing a Comedy Central thing. I'm, I'm very happy to be there. I'm definitely the only person from Nashville, probably the only person that doesn't live in New York, L.A., or Chicago on the show. Uh, so that, that's always fun to me. I always feel like that's really fun. And that's also one of the reasons I don't want to leave Nashville is I like being at these big things where it's comprised of people from the big three cities and then me. And I love that. I'm like, I love to be announced as from Nashville, especially now that I've done the Grand Old Opry. And I've done it a couple of times, and I have my Grand Old Opry video on YouTube. And I don't know if you've seen that. If you haven't seen it, go check that out. It's really fun. They did a really good job, just kind of a My Opry debut video, and they, they kind of my road to the Opry. And I'm the first comic that's ever had one of these My Opry debuts. They've done lots of musicians, but never a comic. Um, my friend Kale Dodds has one, too. And uh, so uh, very fun. Uh, also, Joshua Headley, who's a Nashville musician that I really liked, and I've seen him for a long time. He has one, too. They're all fun. It's a great, uh, really great thing that the Opry does. And so I love being being announced as from Nashville. I just think it's very fun. I think it's a nice mix I, because, you know, everyone expects the good comics to come from New York and L.A. and Chicago, and there are really a lot of great comics that come from those places. But I just like mixing it up. I like having a little something different, a little different flavor. So I did my set. It was very fun. And then I got out of there because I had to fly out the next morning. I had to get up at 4 a.m. So here I am leaving leaving L.A. Uh, at 4 a.m. to fly to Butte, Montana. Now, the entire time, my thought is I'm going to fly to Butte, and I'm going to go to my hotel, and I'm going to sleep until showtime. And then I landed, and I was like, wow, what an amazing place. And I'm going to play a little clip from Merle Haggard's song right now. And that is how I felt. Turn me loose and set me free somewhere in the middle of Montana. I mean, it was amazing to me. I landed at a tiny airport, an airport that they say only two airplanes come in a day. and But it was all decked out in wood grain. The girl that was, I don't know what you call the thing, but the thing that connects to the airplane so you can walk off of it. She drove that out. She looked to be a Native American girl. And then as I'm going to baggage claim, there's a man standing there, very tall, decked out, total rancher, cowboy hat, boots, vest. And he's holding a sign for the people that he's picking up. But the sign is like a log. It's like a, it's like a thin piece of wood cut out, and it's for a ranch that apparently he works at. And I just was like, man, this is my place. And all of the stuff, all the desk and everything was decked out in real wood inside the airport. And it's just amazing. And I was like, 
this is my place. People are wearing cowboy hats. And then I had rented a minivan because it was the cheapest. And then I show up, and the guy's like, well, I don't have any minivans. Do you mind driving a Suburban? And I was like, oh, that's amazing. And so I go, and I get in this Suburban, and I hook up my GoPro in there, and I just drive around Montana. I mean, I went to my hotel, and then the moment I got there, I called the guy that was running the show, and I said, I said, I can't stay at the hotel. I'm going to drive around. Do you want to hang with me? And he was like, yeah, that sounds great to me. So I went, his name is Matt Boyle, I went and picked him up at a dispensary that he, because medical marijuana is legal in Montana, and he runs this dispensary. So I went there. He gave me a, uh, he gave me a hat, uh, a hat which is, um, which is a bison with a, a, a marijuana leaf on the head, and they call it the cannabison. And uh, so he gave me that and gave me some, some swimming shorts. So I uh, swimming shorts. What am I, an eighty year old man? And uh, gave me some old swimming shorts so I could get down in the cement pond. And so, and we drove around, and he took me to Head Headframe Brewery, which is. You know, uh, took me on top of a mountain where he showed me a lot of the old mining. Because apparently, Butte, Montana used to be a mining town. They used to mine copper out of there. They may still, I don't know. But apparently, it was huge. At one point, it was a very thriving city. One of the largest cities in America at one time. Just based on population, I believe. And they used to mine. And, and he showed me these giant mines. These head frames of these big things that look like oil rigs but what they are is they run the elevators to let people down into the mine so these people go way deep down in the mine to dig uh copper up they said they would put them on these carts little elevator carts so it'd be like 12 people per cart and they would slow they would they would take them down at like 40 miles an hour and if it hit the ground too hard at the end it would break their legs i mean apparently people were injured and killed all the time there very dangerous work but they were mining copper out of there, and then the mine shut down at some point, and the population dropped from like 130,000 to 30,000. So they lost a lot of people, and it became a very sad town. But I really, really liked it, and they took me to a place called the Headframe Distillery. And it's named Headframe is what these things are called that let people down into the earth. And this distillery, uh, I don't know, they just gave me a nice tour. I really enjoyed it. I mean, I haven't drank in like seven years, and I, I really am never tempted to drink. But walking around in that distillery with those uh, whiskey barrels and bourbon barrels there, I could just smell it. It was really making my mouth water. I really wanted to drink a little bourbon, and uh, but I didn't. So I'm out of there, and I'm fine, but I wanted to. I, I wanted to, and I just wanted to taste it. You know what I mean? I didn't even, but, you know, I know where that leads, so I didn't do it. And um, so I just really enjoyed uh, Butte. And then I went and did my show that night in an old theater. And as I was walking to the theater from my car, this homeless guy was coming across the street. And he had he had a little limp, and he had a real gravelly voice. And, and he was he was coming at me from across the street. He wasn't taking a crosswalk. He was coming at me, and I was like, I just kind of waved at him, and he was like, I need a cigarette. And I was like, I don't have any cigarettes. And then he started coming at me faster. So I walked pretty quickly into the theater, and I got away from that guy. I was like, I don't know what that guy's all about, but I, I don't have a cigarette. I can't help him. I'm not... 
I don't mind giving money to homeless people, honestly, but I, I don't like to pull out my wallet on the street. So I, I don't do that. Unless I have the money in my pocket, I won't do it. But anyway, he might not have been homeless. Who knows? He might have just really needed a cigarette, and he didn't believe I didn't have one. So I did that show. The show was really fun. I really enjoyed the comics that I worked with. I enjoyed every everything there. I mean, the guy gave me a uh, – I asked – he said, the guy running the show or whatever, he's like, can I get you anything? And I was like, well, this is not Matt Boyle. This is a different guy. He's like, can I get you anything? I was like, yeah, a couple of waters would be nice. And so he goes behind the bar, and then he comes back holding a plastic cup. <laughs> and he goes, you know what? The owner never bought the water. So here's a cup, and there's a bathroom <laughs> in, the, in the green room. So I filled up my cup of water in the bathroom sink that I took on stage, and I made some jokes about it. We had a good time. I really don't care. I don't drink a lot of sink water, not because I'm uh, – not because I'm very famous and very rich, but because uh, I think that our water is poison, uh, to be honest with you. And people, a lot of people think I'm, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but I think our water is garbage. I mean, uh, so I think it's it's better than a lot of countries. I don't mean that. I don't mean that. But I, I just think that, uh, I mean, look at Flint, Michigan, right? We're not all Flint, Michigan, but dang. I mean, the fact that that even exists, it scares me a little bit about the sink water out here. So I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to get get a conspiracy going here, but I just prefer to, you know, drink my, I don't know, who knows what we're getting. I just prefer to drink the bottled water. I mean, it, it changed over at me at one time, and uh, I like a filtered water. I don't like it out of the bottle necessarily. I'd like to get a fil- filtration system, but I haven't done it. I had roommates for so long I wouldn't get a filtration system because I didn't want to share my water filter with everybody else, but... All right, so then, uh, so as I'm driving around Montana, the next day we go to a we go to a um, uh, what they call the Berkeley Pit. Now the Berkeley Pit is is an old uh, old water hole from from the, the 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 mines like so this this it was kind of a runoff or whatever i don't know exactly what it was you could look up the berkeley pit if you want more information on it but apparently it's the largest body of acidic water it's the most acidic pool of water in the world and i thought this was going to be a disgusting hole with steam coming out of it and trash in it but we got out there and it was really beautiful i was like this is amazing but uh, apparently they had to install uh, speakers that make gun noises because a lot of birds were landing there, like geese and duck, and they would land there, and it would kill them. The water is so acidic, they would drink the water, and it would burn their esophagus out. So they had to really remedy that. But you can go look at it for 2 bucks. Well worth it. Very pretty. It was a very beautiful body of water. And I do have a video. I've been saying for a long time – what I've been doing is I've been filming a lot of my travels, but then I get home and I just get so lazy because I've been on the road that I won't edit them. And I, it's hard to edit on the road because the laptop that I bought, I bought a Mac, MacBook Air as opposed to a MacBook Pro because I wanted to save $1,000. And and I do think that was the right move at the time, but I may have to upgrade. A MacBook Pro is like 2400 bucks, and I just have a hard time spending that kind of money for that. But just just getting the memory. I bought a new phone. I bought a new iPhone. It had a lot of memory on it. It really changed my whole filming experience with the phone because I can actually store stuff on the phone, whereas before 
you know, I don't know. I can't store anything anywhere. Maybe I could just upgrade my iCloud. Maybe that's something to look into. Anyway, but you can pay monthly in. But I, I, it's hard to edit on the road because I can't load anything on my computer before it fills up. And I've tried it before, and then I'm deleting things, and I lose uh, stuff that I that I wanted. So I. I have a video. I have GoPro footage of me driving around Montana, and I have some stuff for the Berkeley Pit. And I want to put together a video and put it on YouTube. So my YouTube channel is Dusty Slay. Subscribe to that. You'll get my updates. And I don't post a lot, so it's not enough to waste your time. You won't get updates every day from me. But I do update it a bit. And then on Instagram, at Dusty Slay, I'm going to post a little story about the Berkeley Pit when I get some time. But that's also fun. I posted a picture yesterday of me holding a... A frozen thing called uh what's it called sausage wrapped in a pancake on a stick and <laughs> it's so so disgusting looking i would i would never eat that now there was a time where i probably would have but that's just gross it's just gross to me and uh so but i thought it was funny you'll think it's funny too everybody else did so follow me on there at dusty slate on instagram so and then so i left Butte, Montana, and I drove on down to Bozeman, Montana, and all the while, I'm just listening to uh, Hank Williams songs. Hank Williams Jr. has so many Montana songs. We'll be riding wild fire. I'm going to Montana to rest my soul. I know that everyone thinks that Hank Jr. is just some redneck hillbilly, but, uh, man, the guy's got a lot of great songs, and he's got a lot of songs about Montana. So next I went to Bozeman, Montana. I was less impressed with Bozeman, but only because Bozeman is the nice, rich city. My understanding is they say a lot of people from California have moved to Bozeman, and it's like... When a city gets a lot of money, it just becomes like every other nice city. I mean, Bozeman was definitely the nicest of the three cities that I went to in Montana, but it just too much money in a thing makes it too much like everything else. I like Buttes because uh, my friend Matt Boyle, he took me to some places, but the Berkeley Pit, the food that he took me to get, even though I'm not eating a lot, I had great biscuits, great eggs, and and, and he, he took me to a radio station that he runs. Uh you know, and it's like well, I had such a good time. I consider this guy my friend now. I'd like to, I'd like to hang out a bit more, and and um, but now you know. So I'd love to spend more time in Montana. Hell, I'd love to buy a house in Montana. Spend a little time up there. I had a great time. It is freeing, and you feel, especially in a city like Butte, you do feel a little more free out there. And then Bozeman, it's back to the little of the hustle and bustle of things. A lot of money going around. I mean, just. Just, you know, the shows were great. The people that came to my shows were amazing, and, and, and everybody that I interacted with in, in Bozeman was very nice. The people at the hotel, I stayed at a place called The Lark, uh, and it was very cool. They even gave me a little notebook. 
when I checked in, like a little notebook, a, a field journal, they called it, a 32-page memo book, but I can write in this. But that's what they gave me my Wi-Fi password in, and uh, and I just I was very impressed with Montana. And um, the guy that I met, uh, Dalton, in in uh, in Bozeman, he, he had lived in Memphis, and he had lived in Charleston, and I live in Nashville, and I've also lived in Charleston. He had glasses. He was wearing a hat like me. I mean, these people, you know, these are this is my people up there in Montana, I think. And um, it's like Montana's like the south of the north up there. I mean, it's it's great. And so I left Montana. I left Bozeman. Oh, uh, while I was there, I did a I did one of those uh, zero gravity things where you um, self care tips taking care of you. Where you get into a little tank, like a little like a little clam shell, and it's full of salt water, and you just lay there. and And I laid there for an hour in this tank. I mean, I just laid in the darkness in a salty, lukewarm water and just floated. And I thought, I mean, I had been thinking about this for a long time. This has been something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And the lady there was very nice. I think she even followed my Facebook page. So she may be listening to the podcast. So I want everyone to know that she was very nice. But that experience in itself was not what I had hoped it would be. I thought the water would be like warm to hot, like a spa. And I should have did some research on it. Uh, But I'm going to be honest with you. It's hard to be trapped. I'm not trapped. I mean, I could have got out at any time. But it's hard to lay in a tank with nothing but your thoughts for an hour. I mean, I am, as much as I want to not be, I am screen obsessed. I mean, if if I'm not looking at my phone, I'm looking at my laptop. If I'm not looking at my laptop, I'm looking at a TV somewhere. I mean, I am screen obsessed. I want to not be but that's why I need a tank like that. I mean, to be honest, I don't know that I enjoyed it as much as my mind actually appreciated it, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I wasn't in there being like, ooh, this is a good time. But I did appreciate the time to just stew in my brain. It's hard, but I appreciated that I just had to be there with my thoughts and I had to actually control my thoughts and, and, and just get myself to a peace peaceful state. I left, and I was smiling a lot. I, I couldn't understand why I was smiling so much, but I really was. I don't know that it was happiness as much as it was just a clear brain. And it's nice. I mean, I could do a little more of that. I like an Epsom salt bath, but even then, sometimes I'll take a screen in there with me, and I'll, I'll watch a video, or I'll at least listen to something. I had no music in this tank. I mean, that's... It's like I always have to have something going in. I need to be watching something or I need to be listening to something all the time. And it's like it's sometimes it's nice to just be in total silence. It's freeing. So I did that, had a good time in Bozeman, had a good show. And then I left and I went to Billings, Montana. And I'm just going to play a little, another little um, song uh, by Hank Jr.,
I just like that. We got steaks and pie, but the special still the peace of mind. I just think it's so important. I just think it's so important to 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 just have some peace of mind. I mean, we get I just think that people get so wrapped up. I get wrapped up. We all can get wrapped up in what our careers are and where we're going and what's next and what's what's ooh, what's the next big thing and you got to do this while you're hot and it's like this and that and everything has got to be like boom boom boom. Let's make it happen. Make it happen. Make it happen and it's like I just think it's important to just slow down and just really uh, just enjoy your life because if you're not enjoying your life, I mean, what are you doing? I mean, that's what I mean. That's why I like to get home. I like to get home from my travels. I like to spend a few days with my wife just hanging out, taking it easy, not worrying about what we're going to do and are we going out? What are we getting to eat? What are we doing? What are we watching? We're just we're just taking it easy now. We do concern ourselves with what we're going to eat, and we do concern ourselves with what we're going to watch. But the the important thing is to just slow it down, take a breath, let your mind think of things without being mentally stimulated by something. Just just let it let it flow, let it flow. So I got to Billings, Montana. These drives in between these cities were amazing. I'm just going on roads. I get to go 80 miles an hour. That's the speed limit. I'm going 80 miles an hour in a suburban through the mountains, looking out, just seeing beautiful landscapes and big skies and mountains everywhere. And it's just just unbelievable. Just unbelievable. My soul is feeling good. And I got to Billings. Billings was what I was the most exciting about. Because uh, there's a song somewhere about Billings, Montana, and I can't find it. It's a country song that I've heard before. I feel like he says, won't you take me back to Billings, Montana? But I, I don't know what that is. I just keep thinking, won't you take me back to Billings, Montana? But I feel like there's like Newenberg County. Won't you take me back to Newenberg County? So I don't know. I, I don't know what. I mean, maybe I'm just making up a country song in my head. But I just was so excited to go to Billings, and I showed up downtown to my my hotel. I liked the hotel, um, and then I was like, "I'm gonna go walk around a little bit." And I walked around, and I got hit up by like four homeless people right in a row. And I said, "You know what? This is day nine of my travels. I'm pretty tired. I'm just gonna go back to my hotel." And I went there for a bit, and I was gonna sleep, but I couldn't sleep, so I got up, went to a grocery store, bought a bunch of food, ate a bunch of stuff. Then I went to the venue. And uh, the venue was great. I really enjoyed talking to the people. It's kind of a rock rock setup. They weren't expecting a lot of people. I'm not a draw in Montana. I've never been to Montana. I was amazed that anybody showed up to my shows. I mean, I've never been there, so there's no reason why they would come and see me. But they did come and see me. And, and in Billings, I was out there. And they, my opener, very nice guy, fairly dirty, though. And I thought, okay. but he was, And he was doing well, so I thought, okay, they're not going to. They're into the dirty. They're not going to be so into me. And I went out in my first couple of jokes because uh, I just did some off-the-cuff stuff. They weren't getting that good of a reaction, and I thought, okay, this could be a long show. I might have actually said this could be a long show. And then I got into the jokes, and, man, they were hitting. And I did over an hour in there, and I was feeling good. I mean, I did over an hour every night. I mean, just on a, on a journey for me, uh, if you don't know, I mean, you know, as you go along in comedy, I mean, in the beginning, it's hard to come up with five minutes. Then it's hard to come up with 10. I remember the first time I did 20, I thought, man, I got to change something up because I'm boring people. People are bored with me. They they love my comedy in five minutes, but they're bored in 20. 
and now I'm doing over an hour on stage, it's just blowing my mind this journey that I'm on to where I'm getting to this place to where I'm able to do so much time on stage now that it, that it's like a lot of times I'm like, oh, if I'm only doing 45 minutes, I'm not going to get to do it because I want to do my trailer park jokes because people love the trailer park jokes that I do. So I want to do them. Every show I want to do them. But I have a lot of new stuff that I want to do too. So I'm like, I need I need to be doing more time on stage so I can get more of my jokes out. And I just love that, 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 that I'm reaching that place in, in my journey of comedy. Because I keep doing things that get my, my, my jokes out there publicly. And I'm like, oh man, i got to keep writing jokes because people keep seeing these. And uh, it's like my hat joke. I took off my hat, and I'm like, who thought my hair was attached? And they're like, none of us. We saw your video on The Tonight Show. And it's like, okay, <laughs> you know. And um, so, but it was just an incredible, incredible show. I hung out with some guys at the venue after in a little garage. And uh, and then I went, and I had a cigar out in the courtyard of the hotel. And the security guards kept coming around. I finally had to start talking to the security guard. I had to strike up a conversation with the security guard just so he didn't think I was a homeless guy out there. I was like, dude, I'm staying here. You know, let's hang out. Let's talk. I'm I'm a cool guy. And and then uh, got up, flew to flew to Nashville the next day, and now I'm here. But I mean, what a what a good what a good time. Here's one more. Here's one more. Hank Jr. Um, Montana song. Hank Jr. is incredible. You got to get on the B side. It is cold up there. But my heart was on fire when I saw her step down from the train. Meeting a lady from the train. Get it. All my icicles melted away at the sound of her name. I held her to me as tightly as I held her letter. That said, I don't love him. I'm leaving this cold, mean man. Okay, I'm into the song now. I forgot that I was just, I forgot that I was doing a podcast here. A lot of Montana songs uh, about, uh, by Hank Jr. And, and, and I get it now. I mean, it's like, it is, it is such a country place. I saw a lot of cows up there. So that's it. That was my whole trip. I mean, and I want to give a couple of shout outs to some places. In Butte, Montana, there's a place called 5518 Designs. I got uh, I got some souvenirs from there. I really enjoy them. Uh, in uh, Billings, Montana, Aspen Wall, the very nice people from a place called Aspen Wall, they gave us a couple of hats and they gave us some shirts too. Just a gift, you know, just to be nice to us. They gave us a gift, wrote us a nice letter. I said, "Good luck on your shows in Billings." Uh, you know, and then you know, they, I can't read a lot of this stuff, but. Uh, uh, they gave us some stuff. And then uh, the A-team, Derek and Lucy. 
from Aspenwall. Very nice of them to give us the stuff, and we enjoy it. I'm wearing an Aspenwall t-shirt right now. Hannah is also wearing her shirt that they gave us while she's at the gym. Also, I uh, want to give a shout-out to True TV. True TV was at... Um, was at Moon Tower in Austin, and they gave me a neck pillow with a hoodie attached to it, and it's very fun. I used it all my flights on the way. I actually even used it at Danny Green's house when I was staying with him as a pillow. He gave me a couple of pillows, but I like a lot of pillows. And True TV, also, they had these wooden notebooks, and they had a carving, an engraving machine, and they said, you can get whatever you want engraved on this notebook. So I got them to write, we're having a good time, Dusty Slay. And they did. So I, so thank you, True TV. I've done a couple of things with True TV, never anything on TV, but I did a showcase for them in New York. I, I met with them. They're very nice people. I really enjoy anytime I see them. Uh, it's funny to me, this journey that I'm on, that I've become friends with, like, you know, the people who run True TV. But they're nice people, and anytime I see them, I enjoy seeing them. And, um... So I, I'm happy to call them my friends, and uh, I hung out with Levity, my management team, while I was in uh, L.A. a bit, and uh, also very nice. I met with some people from the production team, and we just sat there and pitched ideas, and it's just fun to hang out with creative people and, and talk about ideas. Also, Good Grip Magazine um, is... Um, is, uh, you know, my friends, uh, they live in Coleman, Alabama, and um, they featured me in their latest issue. I mean, I'm not the main story, but the main story, interestingly enough, is uh, a guy that is also my friend, and his band is Judah and the Lion, and I've become friends with him as well. So the people doing this magazine, Good Grip Magazine, uh, Laura Quick and her husband Shane Quick, who I'm friends with, uh, they put me in this magazine. Uh, it said "Slay in the South" with comedian Dusty Slay, and uh, I really enjoy what they wrote. They did a good picture of me. It's nice. It's fun. And uh, so, if you don't uh, know about Good Grip Magazine, check it out. I'm sure they have a website, but at the moment, I can't find it. I hope to do uh, an Instagram story just featuring these items. Because these were very nice things. Also, a guy named Wild Bill from Wild Bill Photography came out, and he brought me a hat also, a kind of a snapback trucker hat with a camera on it that says Wild Bill Photography. He took some pictures of me in Bozeman. Um, and I just, I just had such a good time in Montana, in L.A., and in Austin. I mean, I I mean, L.A. is a bit much for me because, you know, the hustle and bustle. But what I do enjoy about L.A. is when you actually get to the creative places, uh, the people there, I mean, they, they, they it is a it is a, a big uh, conglomeration. I don't know if that's the word of creative people. And I I enjoy that about L.A. I enjoy I mean, the being on the streets, I'm not a fan of being in the traffic. I'm not a fan of. But once I get inside the building, the creative people that I'm around, it's amazing to me. And it's just very fun. And they're just out there. They want to create. They want to do things fun. I'm sure there's some crazy people once you get to the top of these things that are doing wicked things. But the level I'm at, it's still fun. And then uh, let's see. 
Uh, I think that is all of the things that I had to give shout-outs for. I'd like to... Uh, advice for comics, as far as that goes. Um, advice to comics. You know, I feel like that I've given so much that... What is there even left to say, and does anyone even care? Who knows? But what I will say is being nice goes a long way. When I was in Butte, a couple of the comics there, uh, I watched their sets. I talked to them about their sets. Um, I shared insights. I didn't go, let me tell you what you need to do. I just said, hey, here's some something to think about. And Matt was telling me that they just really appreciated it. They told me that they really appreciated me being cool and just hanging out. I've had some other comics that have opened for me said that, that they appreciated me just being cool and hanging out. And and to me, I'm like, oh, I, I'm just, yeah, I mean, I'm just hanging out too. I mean, I appreciate you guys hanging out with me. I'm out here on the road by myself. So, yes, I appreciate you too. But I just... It just says to me that maybe there aren't a lot of people that are hanging out. I mean, I've always had comics that were nice to me. So, But I just think that it's so important just in the world to just be nice in general. Just be nice to people. Not nice to a fault. You don't have to get run over. I always heard, you know, growing up, nice guys finish last. Girls don't want a nice guy. And it's like, I just don't think that's true. I don't think people are, I don't think women are attracted to pushovers. And I don't think the world is kind to pushovers. But being nice doesn't mean that you're a pushover. I mean, I decided uh, a while back that I was just going to be who I am. When I'm in New York City, I'm going to hold the door for someone. If they give me a weird look or they say something rude to me, that's on them. That's who they are. I'm a nice person and I'm going to continue to be nice. Now, does that mean that you're going to be nice 100% of the time? Obviously not. It's like... People, it seems like people pick out one bad moment and they go, you weren't nice then. And it's like, well, I'm not going to be nice all the time. It's just not It's just not how life works. You want to be as nice as much as you can, but sometimes I'm having a rough day. Sometimes I'm tired. Sometimes I'm not that talk, talkative. Other times I am, but sometimes I'm not. So I think that, you know, I, I think that the little that I've been um, out there and being kind of like um, – I don't know. Any, I, I'm not famous. I, I always say I'm very famous, and I always say, you know. But I, but any kind of celebrity status at all that I've had, um, you can get tired. You can get wore out. And it's like, I mean, people at all levels can get tired. I mean, if you work at a, at a, at a copper mine all day, you're going to be very tired. And if you had a car service that came and picked you up after work, you might not want to talk to the guy on the way home. You might be like, you know what? I've been in a mine all day. I'm not really that into talking. And and nobody expects the guy that worked in the mine to talk all day. And not that I'm saying stand-up comedy is like working in a mine because it's not. But sometimes when I'm talking all week, you know, I'm doing an, an hour on stage. And if I do five shows in a week, that means I've talked for five hours just on stage, not to mention the talking before the shows, the after, the the, the the radio that you do in the morning, the TV that you would do. And it's like, by the time all that's said and done, it's like, man, I'm pretty tired of talking. Pretty tired of talking. And then you get up at 4 a.m. and the, the driver on the way to the airport wants to talk to you. And it's like, man, I just got two hours of sleep. I'm kind of not that into talking right now. But 
just being nice to people goes a long way. And I think it's a good idea to just just something to keep in mind as you're moving up the ranks as a comic. Be nice to people because you don't know where people are going to end up. I learned that a long time ago selling pesticides. I would sell pesticides in a Lowe's, and I, you know, there would be some um, guy working on an aisle, and he would just be an, a regular employee. And he would not be that nice to me, and then I would not be that nice back to him. And then the next thing I know, he's a department manager. Then he's the zone manager. Then he's the store manager. And I'm like, man, if I had just been nice to him back when he was just working on the aisle as a stalker, he might be able to help me out right now. But because I wasn't nice to them, he doesn't care for me now. You know, so you never know. And it's not like be nice to them because one day they'll be powerful. And it's not that's not to say that, but it's like you know, be careful who you step on, you know what I mean? Because you don't know where your career is going to be. And it's like being nice to people all along the way goes a long way because people will begin to talk. You you will get a reputation in comedy, whether it be good or bad. Uh, choose to have the good one because even if you're hilarious, if you're hilarious and you're not a nice person, you'll probably still do well because you're hilarious. But if you're not hilarious and not nice, you're probably not going to go anywhere. But why not be hilarious and nice and see how far that takes you? Um, You know, I've heard a lot of the very successful people, you know, I've heard like people always say like Steve Harvey. I've heard this about Steve Harvey that he, he doesn't want anybody that works on the show to make eye contact with him. And and then people go, well, look at how famous he is. Look at how successful he is. Maybe it takes that kind of attitude to be successful. Now, I like Steve Harvey. I don't know him personally. I enjoy his comedy. But if that's what it takes for me to reach that level of fame, to be the kind of person that doesn't want people to make eye contact with me, then I don't want that level of fame. I just want, um, you know, I just want to have a successful career as a comedian. I don't want this high level of fame uh, because I don't, I don't want to lose who I am as a person. You know, I just want to be someone that does comedy for a living. And lives their life as a relatively normal person. Now, uh, and so I, you know, I, I think that is, uh, I think that's reasonable. I think that makes sense. Uh, I have one more song to play by Hank Jr. Montana song. Another Montana song by Hank Williams Jr. Country music singers love Montana, especially the old school guys and uh, Merle Haggard uh, and uh, uh, Hank Jr. And I'm into it. I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I'm a big fan of country music, as you know. I'll be back at the Opry, I think, June 8th. Uh, so if you want to make your plans, get your tickets. I'll be there. Uh, I'll be back at Zany's in June. I don't have a May show at Zany's. 
but I will be going to uh, back to California on May 15th through the 23rd, and I'll be doing some shows. I know that I'm going to do a show. I don't know that I'm. I don't know all what I'm headlining or, or what I where I'm at, but I know that I'll be um, at the Ontario Improv in Ontario, California. I'll be at uh, I think Oxnard, California. I could be wrong about that name. At an improv there, and I'll be at. I will be headlining the Irvine Improv in Irvine, California. On May 22nd. So if you live out in California and you're a listener of the podcast and you've been wanting to see me do comedy, I will be coming to Irvine, California, headlining a show. I'll be doing a show with uh, Blair. Uh, I hate to pronounce her name uh, wrong, so I'm not even going to do it. But I'll be doing the Blair and Greta show at um, in West Hollywood at Genghis Coing in West Hollywood on the 21st of May. But I'll but I'll at least do one more podcast uh, between now and then. So there'll be plenty of more talk of those shows. Um, and Hannah will be back. Uh, and Hannah did, uh, just, just while I'm wrapping this up, Hannah did the Comedy Bar this weekend here in Nashville. She had a great time. She worked with a lot of great comics in the area. And she had a good time. She wanted me to say... Uh, and we are both off this next week, which feels very good. I'll have family in town, but we'll just get some rest done, and hopefully I'll get some videos edited and get some of that stuff cranked out. But I appreciate you tuning in. I hope you've enjoyed this. Um, if you've never uh, rated us on iTunes, give us a five-star rating. Write a review for us. Uh, say some good things. Help get the podcast out there to some other people. As always, if you have suggestions or topics, I had a thing that I wanted to read by my friend, but I forgot all about it, so I will do that next week. Uh, His advice to comics section that he sent me, and um, uh, my email is dustyslaycomedy at gmail.com. That is on my website, dustyslay.com, if you have any information. I have a page, I have a contact page on my website for booking information as well as an email to send me comments directly. So if if you have a topic that you'd like me to talk about, no guarantees that I will, but I'd love for you to send it because I'd love to hear about it. And uh, I appreciate you tuning in. Um, Thank you very much and we're having a good time. 